May I ask everyone to uh, take a moment and prepare your hearts for the, serv- the time ahead. And just uh, as Valerie plays, take a few moments of silence or quiet and prepare your heart. Let's sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness, number 119, and Joshua, you lead us in that. Number 119, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with Thee. Thou changest not Thy compassions, they fail not. As Thou hast been, Thou forever wilt be. Great is Thy faithfulness, great is Thy faithfulness. Oh
Let's begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are faithful in every way, that not only do you change not, but that you have provided everything needed for us to have an eternal relationship with you through the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father God, I ask you that today we forget that what you have provided is the eternal solution to our sin problem, that through faith in Jesus Christ as Savior, we may have forgiveness of sin and eternal life, and that that will not fail because you are the one that's provided it. And Father God, I ask you that in every aspect of our church service today, you would be the one who is honored and glorified as we sing together, as we observe the Lord's Supper, as we open the Bible as we fellowship and pray as we are right now. Father God, I ask you that it would be about you and not us. Father, I ask you that we would go from this place this week and love you the more and serve you throughout this week as those who worship you every day, not just once on a Sunday. Father, I also ask you for those who have needs. I know Chris is dealing with Fatigue and Juanetta, an infection, and others, physical problems. And Randy's asking for us to bring before your throne of grace the need for employment. Father, I ask you that you would provide in every case. And in, Lord, that ultimately you would be honored and glorified in these situations as well. Heavenly Father, I ask you that you would be the one that we focus on and that we would enjoy you today and tomorrow and forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So at this time, I'd like to uh, go ahead and suggest that we sing Heaven Came Down and then the man will come and receive the offering. Number 366. Number 366, Heaven Came Down. Sins were washed away, and my night was turned. 
justified freely through Calvary's love. Oh, what a standing is mine. And the transaction so quickly was made when as a sinner I came. Took of the offer of grace he did proffer. He saved me, oh, praise his dear name. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. When at the cross the Savior made me whole, my sin was washed away and my night was turned to day. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. hope that will surely endure after the passing of time. I have a future in heaven for sure, there in those mansions sublime. And it's because of that wonderful day when at the cross I believed. Riches eternal and blessings supernal from His precious hand I received. Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Children's church is dismissed at this time, and we will sing something maybe we haven't sung for a long time is Work for the Night is Coming, number 588. For the night is coming, work through the morning hours. Work while the dew is sparkling, work in Work when the day grows brighter, work in the glowing sun. Work for the night is coming. When man's work is done, work, 
Work for the night is coming. Work through the sunny noon. Fill brightest hours with labor. Rest come sure and soon. Give every flying minute something to keep in store. Work for the night is coming when man works no more. Work for the night is coming under the sunset skies while their bright tints are glowing. Work for daylight flies. Work till the last beam fadeth, fadeth to shine no more. Work while the night is darkening, when man's work is o'er. Thank you, Joshua. The Lord was using a figure of speech about being busy about the things of the Lord while there's still opportunity. So, as we get into the scriptures together today, I have a fairly lengthy introduction, but let's start with Matthew chapter 25, verse 31 through 40. Matthew 25, part of the Lord's Olivet Discourse. Matthew 25, verse 31 is where we'll start. And we'll go through verse 40. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him. Then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat, and I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink, and I was a stranger, and ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me, I was sick, and ye visited me, I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, When saw we thee, and hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee, a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Heavenly Father, today as we gather around your word, I do ask you that you would teach us and that we would not miss portions of scripture like this, that as we are about your business in this world, during this life, it has eternal consequence. We realize that there is a future day coming when our Savior will really separate those who believe from those who do not, the sheep from the goats, And there will be judgment for those who do not. And Father God, I realize that an evidence of our faith and our belief is how we treat each other in this life. And Father God, I ask you that we would see that as unto the Lord. 
that what we do is really ultimately for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I ask you that you would also guide us as we consider the subject before us that leads into the Lord's Supper. The greatest labor ever accomplished is what our Savior Jesus Christ did for us, not what we do for him, though that is important. We realize that what has been done for us could never be accomplished by any human being, but by God himself in the person of Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you that we can recognize that as we observe the Lord's Supper in a little while. May this ordinance be that which is pleasing in your sight and honoring to you in every way. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow is called Labor Day here in the United States and other countries. And it is a day when folks usually take some time or the day off and don't work or don't labor. (laughs) Isn't that ironic? Seems like it. Many will go out to the lake or take a picnic and be with family and friends, and others like to go shopping and get all they can out of Labor Day specials, you know. When we consider the accomplishments of mankind, just in general, there have been some amazing, amazing things done through physical labor and intensive work. One of those recently occurred out at our church property when many of you helped with the preparation and setting forms and pouring concrete for the church foundation out there and then backfilling that. Thank you for your labor. That was an amazing thing accomplished in four or five days that would have taken weeks otherwise. And to us, that is a fresh one in our minds. I happen to think about some others. I don't know if any of you have ever done a tour of the Libby Dam. How many have done a tour of Libby Dam? Okay, a few of you. Good, all right. If you haven't, you need to do it sometime. And that was quite the project. It took an international treaty during the Johnson and yeah, the Johnson and Nixon administrations to bring that about. It it also rerouted the High Line, the railroad, from its old course to where it is now. And the longest tunnel in the world was built. I don't know if you knew that at the time. It's not the longest anymore, but it's nine miles long, and it's over here by Trigo. What a project that was. And it backed up water, displacing people from four different towns, including people in Canada. It was uh, quite the project the Libby Dam project. And yeah, man can do a lot of things. God's given us the ability to do some incredible things, I guess. But it's all temporary. We realize that. Locally, right around here, some of you benefit from the Glen Lake Irrigation District, don't you? That was quite the feat done 100 years ago. Amazing. There have been manned flights to the moon. The seven wonders of the world, you know, the pyramids of Egypt and the hanging gardens of Babylon. Then, of course, there are Inca ruins. What about the modern world? There's the Golden Gate Bridge, the Taj Mahal in Agra, India, or Milwaukee, Wisconsin, if you want to go see it in Milwaukee. There's a replica in Milwaukee. Juanetta and I went once. 
when we were assisting Community Baptist Church in Wisconsin. Anyway, it is it was built by the Shriners, and Mount Rushmore is an incredible thing project that man has done. We were recently talking with some about the Hoover Dam project. Amazing. Another one. And Navy ships that carry aircraft and I don't know. I got to be over in the Bears Paw Mountains quite a few years ago now, I guess probably seven years ago. And here came two F-22s straight at us at our level. And they must have come from Malmstrom over in Great Falls. And I don't know why. I don't think they saw us as human beings on that mountainside. Juanetta's brother and I were there. Anyway, they came straight at us and then before hitting the mountainside, they turned and went straight up and out of sight. F-22s are an amazing accomplishment that man has done. There are many amazing buildings and architecture, even right here in the United States. To be sure, the United States has been blessed by God, in part for the biblical principles that our founding fathers... We ought not forget that. And the ethic... And honest work and labor for honest pay. A society that wants to be taken care of without personal effort and responsibility is doomed and will not work. I'm concerned for the generation among us right now that expect everything they want for nothing. And that's being promoted. That's socialism and that ideology I personally believe is sinful and evil for it's stealing, it's robbery. For those who actually do the work, it's taken from them and given to others. For example, if, let's say, George and Jane go out and work hard and earn $1,000 for $1,000 worth of labor, and eight other people who did nothing at all can take $100 each from George and Jane because they're entitled to it, Right? And if George and Jane are not willing to give it up, because that's not fair, then the two can be beaten and punished and forced to pay the other eight. That's socialism. And that is theft, and that is wrong and evil and sinful. For thou shalt not steal, says one of our Ten Commandments. America has a great history, a more moral and ethical and fair capitalistic heritage than most countries in the world due to the biblical principles applied to the laws of our land. I would say this. You have the opportunity next year to vote. Vote for those who are not socialists, okay? (laughs) Tomorrow is Labor Day. Labor Day is a legal holiday celebrated on the first Monday of September here in the United States, Puerto Rico, the Canal Zone, and the Virgin Islands. The celebration of Labor Day was initiated in honor of the working class in the U.S. in 1882 by the Knights of Labor. In 1884, the group held a parade on the first Monday of September and passed a resolution to hold all future parades on that day and designate the day as Labor Day. In March 1887, the first law to that effect was passed in Colorado, followed by New York, Massachusetts, and New Jersey. In 1894, 
the U.S. Congress made the day a legal holiday. For the Christian, we have a wealth of instruction from God about labor. When did labor or work begin? Well, our minds right away go back to Genesis, doesn't, don't they? Sure. And some people wrongly think that it's part of the curse imposed by God upon man after Adam and Eve sinned. Is it a curse? No, it's not. Work is good for us. Labor is good for all of us. So God created man in his own image, says Genesis 1.27. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. Don't be confused about that. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. In verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Genesis 2.2 says, And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And then sin entered the picture. God instituted physical work for man, and it was a good thing. Before sin entered the picture. In Genesis 3.17 it says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face thou shalt eat bread. Work became more difficult, but it was not part of the curse. It was the result of man's sin. Yet in spite of a measure of toil and difficulty, work is good for us. I personally enjoy the satisfaction that God gives for a good day of hard labor. And labor isn't just the physical aspect, but I enjoy that too. To go home tired is sometimes a blessing. It's sometimes relaxing in a sense. Exodus 20 verse 9 says, Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. In the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians 4.11, the Bible says, And that ye study to be quiet and do your own business and work with your own hands as we commanded you that ye may walk honestly toward them that are without and that have lack of nothing. As we sang and also have read, God blesses those who actually work for their daily needs. Last night, Juanetta and I went to Kalispell and took my mom out for her 91st birthday. We took her, well, we took her some flowers and gave her a book and a card, of course, but we took her to Applebee's, and we were surprised. There were only a few tables where people could be seated. The rest had chairs upside down on them. 
what was happening is they only had two servers at Applebee's last night. And <clears throat> a sign on the door that said help wanted. Starting The pay was starting at $17 an hour. And I don't understand other than there is socialism at work behind the scenes, maybe. And people are taking advantage of some sort of unemployment benefits that I'm not aware of. But at any rate, by Walmart and the Highway 93 intersection as you go out of Walmart's parking lot, there was another sign that said $17 an hour uh, to be a sign holder, just to hold a sign up, you get paid $17 an hour. And there were no people out there holding signs. You'd think that there'd be dozens, but none. What a sad day and age this is when that kind of thing happens. It will, it will ruin society if it continues. God says that laziness is not good. He intended for man to work. Here's what Proverbs 6, 9 says. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep and a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. Proverbs 18, 9 says, He also that is slothful in his work is brother to him that is a great waster. Even in, in the earliest days of our Bibles, Cain was a farmer. Abel was a herdsman. Tubal Cain worked with metallurgy and brass. Noah was a boat builder. You all know that. Peter and Andrew were fishermen. Lydia was a merchant woman and sold purple fabrics. Paul and Aquila and Priscilla were tent makers. In Mark 6, 3, it says of Jesus, Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? For me, I have the privilege to work each week to labor in the word and doctrine, as it says in 1 Timothy 5.17. That's a privilege, to labor in word and doctrine. I enjoy that. But I also work, enjoy working with my hands from time to time. God says that there are rewards for being active in our service for him. Ephesians 6, verse 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7. With good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether it be whether he be bond or free. Colossians three verses twenty three and twenty four say, "And whatsoever ye do, do it hardly as unto the Lord, and not unto man, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, whether it is physical labor, whether it is prayer time." whether it is writing a letter, there are many ways that we can serve. The, it ought to be serving the Lord. All of us know there are other ways to serve the Lord other than physical labor. If our bodies are tired, if our joints ache, and some things are harder to do than they used to be, what can we do? There's a lot. You can pray. 
First Thessalonians 5.17 in our bulletin says, Pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I said that's in our bulletin. I recently put it in something. Nope. We use Colossians 4.2 for this Wednesday night. You can pray. You can encourage each other. Hebrews 3.13 says, But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We should exhort one another, encourage one another. Another thing we can do is share one another's burdens, as it says, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, there is an old saying, and it is such a blessing. That is, if we share a blessing, it's a double blessing. If we share a burden, it's half a burden. You could be a card sender. You could be a letter writer. You could give someone a call, invite someone to a Bible study, or you can greet or befriend a visitor. God will not forget. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister, says Hebrews 6. Verse 10. It is absolutely sure that God wants his own, those of us who are Christians, to serve him with our lives, which is a labor of love, ministering to each other. That is the labor that pays eternal dividends, dear friend. Your labor of love, dear Christian, architecture, and all the engineering that has been done in this world. For this world and its systems are temporary. There's an old saying, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Yet as much as we can do, the greatest labor ever accomplished has been done by the Lord Jesus Christ for us. It's already been done for us. It is a work that can only be accomplished by God himself. And he did it perfectly. And he did it once. For it would never need to be done again. I'm glad for that. When Jesus gave his life for you and for me, all that needed to be accomplished was fulfilled. In Luke 18, verse 31... Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Verse 32, For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted on, and they shall scourge him and put him to death And the third day, he shall rise again. In Luke 22, verse 37, the Bible says, For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me, for the things concerning me have an end, Jesus said. In John 19, verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, 
It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. We know they took him to his burial. His physical body was buried three days and three nights, just as the scripture says in the tomb. But he rose again. But his last words out of those seven sayings of Christ on the cross were, it is finished. Man had done his worst, but God had given the best. God did the work for us that we couldn't do. When Jesus said it is finished, it's the Greek word, and I've mentioned this before, and I just love it so much, it's worth repeating every day. Teleo. He didn't say it quite like that, I know. But that is what's translated, it is finished in our Bibles. Redemption. The price was paid. We've been redeemed. We, the, the cost for our sins was paid in full. Reconciliation, propitiation, justification, and sanctification were completed by God and offered to you and offered to me. A finished work. Teleo means more than accomplished or completed or concluded. It also means paid up. It means filled up or discharged. That's an interesting aspect to it. One way to explain it is, in those Roman prisons, if on the outside of a prison door or cell was a document that was posted there stating the accused or the prisoner's sentence, his period of time that he was to be in that cell. And every, or periodically, the warden or the captain of the prison would go by after a certain, maybe every month, let's say, and mark off a month and mark off another month and mark off another month until it was completed. And you know, it's interesting in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas were in the prison in Philippi, when God, of course, opened the prison doors by an earthquake and the prison captain thought that the prisoners had left, what was he about to do? He was about to take his own life. Why? Because it was Roman law that he was responsible to pay that sentence if the prisoners escaped. And Paul and Silas said, do thyself no harm, remember? And he came in and asked them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What a testimony. And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And he did that night. But what happens is when that prisoner pays that period of time, maybe five years, in full, that prison guard then writes across the face of that document, Teleo. Completely paid is what that means. That is why in Colossians 2, verse 13, Paul wrote it this way, And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, blotting out 
the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. When Jesus said it is finished, the redemption price had been paid for you and for me on the cross. And that's what we will observe again as we share in the Lord's Supper together. Wow, he did that for you. He did that for me. Yes, he did. And it brought him joy. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He was the author and finisher of our faith. That is the same word in a different form, teleo. Two of the Gospels tell us when he instituted the Lord's Supper, they sang in him and went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's stand and sing, when I survey the wondrous cross, and then we're dismissed out into the Eureka area, not the Mount of Olives. 293, 293 in your songbooks, when I survey the wondrous cross.
Have a good afternoon, everyone.